everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of the Wing Addiction Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Josh, and as always, my co-host is my lovely wife, Leslie. Hi, y'all. want to welcome everybody back. Uh, we've got a killer episode for you today. It's none other than the legendary world champion, multiple-time world champion, turkey caller, Steve Stoltz. Steve Stoltz is, uh, oh my gosh, he's got so many accolades, it's not even funny, but... Uh, He's, uh, you might have known Steve from the um, Drury Outdoors team with Mark and Terry Drury, and uh, um, might have seen him on the Collins stage. If you've ever watched a Collins championship, I can promise you, you saw Steve. But before we get into the podcast, um, we got an announcement to make. Um, coming very soon, maybe poss- po- possibly, or probably, I don't know what I'm going to say here, next episode will be with the KT team. The KT team is um, named after Kerry Terrell of Georgia. And what the KT team is, they help disabled hunters. They are a nonprofit of 501C. You can look them up on all the socials. Um, We've decided we wanted to do something for the KT team. And we met them at the National Wild Turkey Federation um, convention. convention. And we ended up just kind of passing by and talking to them and it turned into a really long talk and um it's something that really like impressed itself upon our hearts i mean i actually know a disabled hunter locally here i have two good friends that are disabled hunters that require um special equipment and such to to be able to go do the things that they've always loved to do. And and their mission is to help those people be able to continue to enjoy the outdoors and do those things that they that they love to yeah. do. Yeah, and also they introduce people that's even never even been in the outdoors. Right. Uh, disabled people to, uh, to the outdoors. It is, if you've got a dollar to your name that you want to give to charity, if you've ever wanted to help a great organization where 100% of the proceeds goes to the dis, uh, disabled hunters and even like I said non-hunters that are uh, getting into hunting uh this there's no no better way to give your money it's 501c like I said it's all uh, a non-profit they're a great organization uh Jason Beard if you look up the KT team Jason Beard is the the guy you'll see in the uh, wheelchair he's a, a quadriplegic he's actually paralyzed from his neck down he can't use any of his limbs. The only thing he can do is use his, his head, and it is unbelievable. He calls turkeys. He's They've got him a chair set up where he can have his turkey calls in front of him. He shoots his own gun, aims his gun. I mean, it's unbelievable. And his only stipulation was he didn't want the foundation named after him. He didn't yep. want the whole thing named after yep. him, and that's why it's the KT team, and it's not about him because he's so humble. Mm-hmm. He just really didn't want it to be focused on him. And so that's kind of how it ended up being named the KT team. But you should go to their website and read the story and look at look mm-hmm. at everything that they have out there because it's incredibly moving. It's really, um, you know, we all really want to help our veteran hunters and our, our disabled veteran hunters and everything. And they do that, but they also just help any disabled. Any disabled, yep, any disabled. Okay, here's any disabled person that's interested. In so for the reason we're telling you this, this is what we're going to do. Um, if you've ever wanted to give and you say, hey, I want to give $100, um, 
I want to give $500. And you can't afford to do that right up front. We are going to give April, May, June, all of our proceeds from our patron account to the KT team. There, if, if 100%. You, yes, 100% of our proceeds um, to the KT team. I told them all through turkey season we're going to give our proceeds to the KT team. So if you want to, what you do is just go on patreon.com and um, become a patron. If, like, say you want to give $100, just click and say, I want to give $33 a month. If you want to give $100 a month, whatever, you, if you want to make a thousand dollar donation just split that up into money or you can actually do it all at once and whatever you do the the neat thing you're probably like well why are they doing it that way well this is what it's going to do for you so you're going to be able to give that money to the kt team 100 percent, 100 percent. but you're also any special promotions we do for patrons only mm-hmm. yep. you're going to be entered into that yep. and we're fixing so, to announce a new giveaway yeah and we're, we'll do another giveaway so you'll be entered into whatever giveaway we do but you'll also spend a hundred percent of your money going toward them instead of just i mean you're still supporting our podcast by doing that but you're supporting them financially the top donor with a minimum donation of a hundred dollars will automatically get to go on our free fall hunt this year. The top donor with a minimum donation of $100 will get to go on our Kansas hunt this year. And I haven't even told Leslie that. It's I've been working this with Carrie Terrell, and I was talking to those, and they're just so humbled and appreciative of what we're going to do. But we'll have a whole podcast about this uh, next episode and, um, and tell you, like I said, it's an easy way to give a big, a large amount of donation if you want to spread it out over a couple months, you know what I'm saying? If you right. want to give $500, you don't have to do it all right now. You can go on Patreon and say, I want to do it for three months, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and once you, you, you've met your goal, you can um, go ahead and delete your patron. But for the next three months, 100% of our patron donations are going to the KT team. And I think that's the least we can do because, you know, it's people like, it's people like this that, you know, it's God has blessed us. God has blessed a lot of people, and well, God for blesses. My birthday, I did a an outreach for them, asking for donations, and I basically said, if you have two working arms and two working legs, yeah. like thank God for it and give some money to these people because yeah. I mean it. Or if you've had a traumatic brain, I mean traumatic brain injury, anything. Mm-hmm. I mean. I think if we all think hard enough, we know somebody in our life that has had those circumstances that have held them back in some way or another or made things more, I don't want to say held back, but made it more challenging mm-hmm. in a different situation. And tell you something that, uh, that um, makes the KT team different than a lot of organizations. Every disabled person qualifies to go on a hunt with the KT team. They do hunts year-round for whether it be turkeys, uh wild hog hunts or boar hunts whatever you want to say uh they go fishing they take people fishing anything in the outdoors they do these events year around all you got to do to and you're guaranteed to go with them all you have to do if you're a disabled hunter or if you want to get into hunting and you have a disability is get on their their list and when your time comes up they'll say hey we've got this hunt available are you open to go at zero charge to you and maybe you're listening and you have a disability and you didn't know about the kt team and maybe this is your opportunity to reach out to them and Mm -hmm. 
and have them help you out and we would love that yeah and we would love to get you connected with yes them. they're always looking for volunteers and you know if you've got a farm say you got a farm in georgia mississippi alabama south carolina wherever that you would like to donate to the kt team for a hunt uh, just get in touch with the KT team, get in touch with us. We'll get you in touch with the KT team. And, and, and we'll just tell them, say, hey, you know, so-and-so's got this farm that he's that they're willing to uh, let y'all bring a disabled hunter on and, you know, maybe go turkey hunting. The only stipulation with their hunting properties is it's got to be very, very accessible because 90% of their hunters are in wheelchairs and can't walk, you know, or have some major disability. So yeah, that's the only stipulation. But anyways... Without going any further, we're going to, real quick, we'll go through our sponsor, Sport Dog. Go check them out, sportdog.com. Uh, Dakota 283 Kennels. Check them out, dakota283kennels.com. Um, promo code WA10 for Dakota 283 Kennels. Cable Gangs, Cable with Gangs Z. with a Z, yep. www.cablegangs.com. Go check them out. WA Drop. Put an extra drop in your cart, then add the promo code. It will take that drop off. You'll get a free drop just for being a patron uh, here on the pod, or just for being a listener here on the podcast. WA10 for Dakota 283, correct? Yes, WA10, yep. And then uh, also Onyx Hunt. Onyx Hunt, know where you've been, drop a pin, whatever you want to say. Uh, go to onyxhunt.com, use the pro, promo code WAP20. That's WAP20, WAP20 for 20%. Off your subscription. I think we just wrapped it up pretty quick. Check. Excuse me. Anook I got the hiccups. Anook Shook. Yes. Anook Shook dog food. Go check out Anook Every Shook. Every day we're getting more and more calls about Anook Shook. Yes. Need we've to got, check them out. We've, we've got, got the best code for them too. We've got other podcast hosts calling us and saying, hey, we want to, you know, we want to do this um, Anook Shook thing. We've heard, talked to a bunch of buddies and everybody's loving it to their feeding. So we're actually, people that's actually got other dog food sponsors are calling us wanting to go to the Anook Yeah, Shook. they're trying it and yep. they're seeing what it does. Yep. So check them out at AnookShookPro.com. Um, WA100, the best promo code in the business for $100 off your first wholesale order. Everybody, we're not going to talk any further. We're going to get right into the podcast. Hope y'all enjoy it. Hang on. Here we go. All right, we're on the line with Mr. Steve Stoltz himself. Steve, are you there? I'm I here. Think we might have just a little. Thank you for you're welcome. Me. I think we might have just a little delay in the communications between us, but it'll come out just fine. Um, we're talking, like I said, Steve Stoltz today. And if you don't know who Steve Stoltz is, you've never turkey hunted, you've never watched <laughs> a calling championship, or or you don't know what mossy oak camo is, because. Uh, anywhere you see Steve Stoltz in the wood, I promise you he's going to have some mossy oak bottom land on. Steve is a three-time world turkey calling champion. He's also won the Grand National uh, calling the G, I guess you'd say the GNCC is what I call it, but the Grand National calling championship. Um, you're just lacking that senior division title, and I know you're wanting that real bad, Steve. Yeah, uh, it's it's eluded me for many years. Um but it's been a great ride. Uh, you know, I always say uh, only the very, very best end up on top in those calling championships. And uh, unfortunately for that calling championship, I just is, it hasn't been my day on, on uh, throughout the years. I've been knocking on the door and very close um, literally have left a uh, true story, left the grand nationals one year, 
uh, not winning and took the same set of calls and won the world championship a week later in Birmingham, Alabama. So, um, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's amazing. If you go to the national wild Turkey Federation convention, and if you haven't been, you need to do yourself a favor and go. Cause once you go once you'll, you'll want to go from then on, you, you'll make it an annual event. You will not want to miss our Turkey family. Everybody gets together in Nashville and everybody is uh, becomes friends. The friendships that you develop at the National Wild Turkey Federation Convention are second to none. You'll meet nobody better in your life probably uh, than the people you meet there and hang around with and get to meet, of course, the celebrities in the industry, uh, the people that have built the foundation of this whole, of this whole sport that we love so much. Um, are always at the National Wild Turkey Federation Convention. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 fun time. So, I've benefited and gotten better in turkey calling. Whether I've uh, placed and uh, uh, are are not even made to cut some years, um, and in fact, many years for I I took a hiatus from making the cut from 2006 to 2018. I didn't even make the finals. I did tie my, Matt Van Size. Him and I uh, tied. In 2011, I was tied with him for the cut, mm. and he beat me in a call off. Which um, I always say, I don't mind getting beat. Um, I'm, I'm, I've never been that guy to want to say or feel like I was the best turkey caller or hunter in history. But I've always wanted to be that guy that people listened to and thought sounded like real turkey and had at least a chance to win that day. Yeah, well, I tell you, um, I know you, uh, I was telling Leslie about this the other day. I said, Leslie, I said, I have never met a guy, uh, when we met, Steve, at the National Wild Turkey Convention, you you didn't know me from Adam. And I walked up to you and, and told you who I was with and told you I'd like to have you on the podcast sometime. And Steve immediately said, anytime, just call, let me know, you know, I'd love to do it. And me and Steve, you know, we've, Steve and I, we've had a bunch of conversations since. And I mean, it's just, and I think it's this, like this hunting thing that brings, everybody's got the same thing in common. It just brings us together. And it kind of feels like you was talking about the convention being a big family deal. I mean, it feels like you've known everybody, even if it's a total stranger, you walk up to them and you, it's just like you've known them forever when you started talking. But um, I want to thank you first you know and foremost for being on the podcast and um i know you're uh you're on the pro staff with mossy oak you're on woodhaven calls pro staff you're also on uh what's the uh dead um the broadhead you shoot oh uh well i'm shooting now rage uh with drury outdoors oh, okay 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 i was i was listening to a yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you might have you 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 might have read a a bio from some years you know uh, uh, that are just outdated. I uh, to explain, I I actually left Drury Outdoors in early two thousands. I in nineteen eighty nine, I helped uh, actually Mark Drury, Terry Drury, and myself, and a guy by the name of Dale Whiffler. Um, uh, we called him Dinker. Uh, the four of us started Drury Outdoors in nineteen eighty nine. Uh, so I was with Mark and Terry from the very be beginning. Uh, and then in the early 2000s, they changed some dynamics. And I just kind of decided to maybe try out on my own, um, had some opportunities to work for some other shows. And no, 
no ill feelings at all. We may still remain great friends. And uh, here about three three years ago now, it's been three years already, uh, we were on a cruise and Mark and Terry uh, and Matt Drury actually, uh, but Mark and Terry was with Matt and they all three asked me to come back to Drury Outdoors. I wasn't doing anything with my footage, still filming my hunts, still filming big white tails and all that stuff and uh, had nowhere to go with my footage. And they said, well, why don't you come come back to Drury Outdoors? Uh, you know, you're not, you, you, you're not making any money on those kills anyway. And I, and uh, I forget how much he said he'd pay me. I had killed, um, it's not all about the money, but I, I love those guys. And I love, I, 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 I'm in awe of what Drury Outdoors has done in the industry uh, through the years uh, with me. And then even without me for that period, uh, just, a leader, a leader in the industry and in, in outdoor television and outdoor programming, um, and now digital media, uh, no question. There's, they're second to nobody. Um, and so I, I, I was kind of taken aback when they asked me, but then they said the magical word. They said, you, Matt said, well, you, you killed a 174 inch deer with, with your bow last fall, didn't you? And I said, yeah. And he goes, I saw the footage of it. It's a good kill. He goes, we don't wrote you a check for, I don't know how many, how much money. And, uh, I got thinking, well, he's right. <laughs> uh, why not? You know, and it, it makes sense because I, I was with Drury's for mm-hmm. so long. Uh, so it was a great reunion year. And would you know, that this is karma, how things happen, that I probably had one of my best years, my first year back with Drury Outdoors, including killing my biggest whitetail, which was a couple broken points away from the the low 190s. He he grossed 180, yeah, he grossed 188.5 inches with two busted points. Wow. So, you know, here's a mega giant, mega giant buck of a lifetime that I kill my first year back with Drury Outdoors. So go yeah, figure. That, there you go. A, and that, was a, that was a welcome home <laughs> gift is what that was. Yeah. Well, I Absolutely. tell you, but we're here to talk about, we are turkeys. here to talk about turkeys and back to the calling. You have been at this, Steve. I was born in 1976. In 1976, Steve was sitting here thinking, mm-hmm. in a couple of years, I'm going to start professionally, you know, calling professionally. You started in what, 1979? I did. And actually, I, in, in 1976, I had no aspirations whatsoever to c- compete. I, I did run a call very well. I will say that. I'm not going to lie. I, I, uh, uh, for whatever reason, picked picked up on turkey calling very fast, and um, studied it, uh, listened to live turkeys, and tried to develop ways to sound more real. Uh, and in 1979, when I did go to my first turkey calling contest, my dad, and so this is how it all began. My dad, but asked me, um, "Would you like to go to a turkey calling?" seminar and calling contest uh, at the local high school. It's going to be next week on a Friday night. And it was called the Gateway Classic. It was in St. Louis, Missouri. And it was called the Gateway Turkey Calling Classic. And uh, I was, I said, I don't really care to go to a calling contest, but I'd love to watch that turkey hunting seminar. And my dad said, well, okay. All right. Well, I'll get tickets and we'll go. 
and I uh, got some friends that want to go and we'll just have big, we'll make a big night out of it, you know? And, uh, at that time, I think I was, I don't know, in my teens, um, high school years. And, uh, my dad said one thing peculiar to me that I should have picked up on. And he said, I want you to do one thing when we go. And I said, what's that? And he said, bring your turkey calls. And I said, well, why? He said, just, I got several friends that I want to hear you call because I think your calling level is very good. And, and I've heard a lot of people call and, and you're one of the best callers that I've heard. And, um, I want some of my buddies, I, I want you to demonstrate for him. I want some of my buddies to hear you, you run a call. And I said, okay, dad. Yep. We'll do that. So we went there and the guy gave a seminar guy was, uh, he's passed away since, but his name was Leroy Brongart. I don't know if you've ever heard of that name, but Leroy Brongart was a big turkey guru in the Midwest back in, back even before the Ray I days, believe it or not. So we got to hear Leroy. Leroy did his, you know, 30 minute seminar, however long he talked. And they said, okay, we're going to take a break in about 10, 15 minutes. We're going to start the turkey calling contest. You know, so by now it's like the seminar started at six. Now it's about quarter to seven at night, you know, and the, and the contest was supposed to start at seven. And my dad walked up to me and said, you got your calls with you? And I said, yep, I got them right here. I showed him. I had a call case like this. I said, he said, good. And uh, I said, well, what do you want me, when you want me to call for him? He said, up on stage, I sign you up for the contest. <laughs> I said, I go, I go, what? He goes, I sign you up to compete in that contest. You're calling tonight. I'm like, well, dad, I can't do that. He said, why not? I ran over there and looked at the table and they said they required calls. They said, and it said, I don't know, old hen assembly, the cackle, the cluck and purr, the key key run and favorite call. Well, back then, Missouri didn't have a fall turkey season. So I didn't know how to do it. I never learned how to do the key key run. Had, had no reason really mm -hmm. to at that time. You know, I was just spring turkey hunter. I said, so I'm out. I can't do it. I don't even know how to do the key key run. I mean, I don't want to look like a uh, you know, fool. He said, well, I'll tell you what. I paid five bucks for <laughs> you to call in that contest. And remember, back then in the 70s, five bucks is like yep. 50 now. I said, he said, I, I paid five dollars for you to call. He goes, why don't you just go out, grab one of the guys that's practicing over there and ask them to teach you how to do it. I've heard this run. story. Yep. Yes, sir. True story. So in that, and then I did, and he, he taught me right there on the spot. It was not other, not other than Ray. I, what are the odds there? I tap <laughs> on the shoulder of Mr. Ray. I himself. And I said, excuse me. And he said, yeah. And I, he, I said, uh, could you possibly help me with something? You know, and he, he said, sure. What, what's, you know, what, what do you got? And he, I said, well, my, I said, my dad signed me up for the calling contest. And I didn't know he was going to do that. And I can make most all those calls there, except I've never done a Kiki run. I said, so I got a call. And I just, can, can you maybe teach me how to do the Kiki run? He started laughing. <laughs> and then he goes, okay. He goes, I'll, 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 here, here's what I'll do. He goes, you got your mouth call with you. I said, yeah, I do. Um, 
I'm, I'm going to show you exactly what he did. I said, he goes, well, he goes, he goes, put your mouth call in your mouth and give me a high note. I went. He said, perfect. Now, when you give me that high note, say P, P, P with that high note three times. P, P, P. I went. He said, now yelp right after that. Just do that and then yelp a couple times. I went. Wow. He said, hell, you're liable to beat me, son. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, true story. And and I got up there, and there was 34, I'll never forget, 34 callers. I was. He signed me up. They had an amateur division, and they had a professional division. He, of course, signed me up in a professional. He could have signed me in the amateur. No. I'm right with the big boys. I'm calling right against the Ray Eyes and the Walter Parrots and the Brad Harris's, Ralph Duran, Billy, Gary Williams, you name it, Kenny Mounts. I hope I didn't forget anybody. Randy Gower. I mean, back then, all the powerhouse Midwest callers, Wayne Gendron. Was uh, Butsky there? Oh, Mel Janis. Was Butsky there? I'm sorry. No, Butsky, Butsky was was calling at that time, but okay. not at that particular contest. So, no, Butsky hadn't. Uh, I met Butsky a few years later. I'll tell that story. But um, so we all called. And back then, when you called, you drew a number and you hid in a blind and called the judges. Everybody could see the judges, but nobody could see what caller it was. So it was totally anonymous to the even the audience back then who was even calling for it's the dark exactly blind. opposite of what it is now. So I don't remember. It's exact opposite, exact opposite. So I remember I was uh, I remember my caller number back then. I was caller number 17. It's caller number 17 out of 34 callers. So I get up there and I do all my calls. And of course, I made it through the Kiki run fine. I mean, I, I did it just like that guy that uh, Ray turned out to be Ray. I taught me and uh, actually kind of felt like I called pretty good. But um, I, I felt there's no way I'm even going to be close in this thing. I mean, I, I, I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, they said, OK, we're going to give away awards. And they called the amateur top three, three callers in the amateur called them up there. And uh, I said, okay, we're going to award the professional division. And so we're going to call everybody up here, uh, starting with fifth place. Can we have caller number 17? And I was sitting next to my dad and my stepmother. And uh, we're looking, and she's looking, and my dad's looking. And uh, they said, and it didn't dawn on me. And they said, can we have caller number 17, please? And my, my stepmother goes, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I won a lottery. I said, I, and, and so I took fifth place in my very first turkey calling contest, of which Ray I taught me how to do a kiki, of which that that was kind of the springboard that that uh, 
that catapulted me into the the competitive world. Any, so any, there you go. Anything, True story. I love that story. Anything competitive, it, it, it's 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 all really got a lot in common because anything competitive and you do good in your first or second competition, it's all about confidence. When you've got confidence up on stage. You know as well as I do. I've never been to a turkey calling, uh, never entered in turkey calling contest yet. But uh, you got to have confidence, and once you got that confidence, and went in fifth place, you thought you was on top of the world. Hey, I can beat anybody because you just competed against the best. That that's exactly right. Uh, my to your point, my feeling was I beat. Oh, probably, you know, I ended up fifth and, 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 and I'd say realistically there was 20, 15 to 20 or more callers that any one of them, they could have called up there and, and said that they won. So I felt like that I, I was at the top of, of that group. And, um, and, and, and even my dad said, look, look, son, you, you need to start competing because that, that right there shows you, 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 you you have the ability and you know, the rest is history. I, I, I actually, uh, I went to a few more contests that year and did place, I think in one of them, uh, if not both of them. Um, and then in 1980, same thing, uh, went to that same contest and placed in the top five again. Uh, and then in 1981 and I just kept working. I was, uh, I'm I'm always been the type, and you probably notice in all the films throughout the years, and even in the early years, that um, I, my work ethic is, it, you know, I've always said um, I what what has got me to the point that I am in life is 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 good mm -hmm. work ethic because it, you, you know the harder I work, the luckier mm -hmm. I get, and so I work very hard in practicing um, and studying, and um, I wanted to go to a Missouri, I wanted, that's what was my next goal. I did things like I wanted to win the local contest. I won it in 1980. And then in, I, I, I set my sights on the Missouri state championship. I thought, well, if I could win a state championship, then I might be ready for the big one, you know, for the grand nationals. So I went to the Missouri state and I, in my mind, I thought I, I I'd listen uh, at every contest at different callers, and one thing that was missing, that and even in my calling that I thought is I I didn't think callers were calling as coarse as I heard most mm -hmm. hens. So um, I found a call, and it was actually by Quaker Boy, uh, my buddy, good buddy Chris Kirby. I'll hopefully sell him some calls mm -hmm. here, <laughs> even though I'm with Woodhaven. Uh, but Chris, but Kirby Quaker Boy made a call. Uh, a split call, not the split V, not the um, not the old boss hen, but it was called the old Turk. It's called the old Turk, heavy, very thick reed split, two two little splits on on the on the one reed. It was single reed, and I start yelping with that. When I got a hold of one of those, I start yelping with it. I could get that pretty front end and that deep rasp in the back. Well. I went to Missouri State, and it was probably 30-something call. I mean, it was a long, drawn-out contest. And I don't know what number I drew. don't make any difference. But when I got up there and called, I was clearly different than every caller in mm -hmm. that contest. I had that deep rasp, and nobody had that 
and I won my first Missouri State championship. I I took a chance and well, that, and won. Well, that's awesome. So, uh, and of course, yeah, that that's there. awesome. It's kind of like I don't want to. Comp- I hate comparing it to this, but it's kind of like the voice or the American Idol. Something different. You stand out. Where it might you, you and when you do that, you know as well as I do, and you was taking a chance when you done this. You're either going to be a hero when you stand out, or you're going to be a zero. Because it has to be different, but better. You're going to be heroes, you know, uh, not different, absolutely. but worse. Most of the time, I'm <laughs> through the years. Most of the most of the time, I've been a zero, but I've you, been you've able, not. <laughs> I've been able to uh, stay consistent. Well, I tell you enough. what, uh, if, if if when I. I'm not wanting to make you sound old, but when I get your age, Steve, and that's just about 15 years away, if you're if you consider yourself a zero in the calling world, I would be tickled to death to have your accolades and call myself a zero at 61. You're what 61 now, Steve? Well, I appreciate it. Uh, I, 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 yes, uh, 41. You did say yeah, 41. 40, didn't you? Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm 26. Yeah, 15 years away. But, yeah. No, I, t- I tell you. Yes, I was born. I was born in 1961. <laughs> that's why I always say. And so, well, you are right. You're. Um, so, so yeah. you, you was kept saying that your dad. Now, was your father a big turkey hunter, Steve? He he was. Yes, uh, he passed away unfortunately in 2007. Uh, but, um, he was a turkey killer. He was a, he was a good hunter. Um, two, two people in my life, uh, that influenced me turkey hunting. And, and that's, that's one of the things I want to suggest to those that are listening. Um, learn, learn to hunt and kill turkeys, you know, uh, before you worry about, uh, trying to, trying to collect a bunch of hardware on, on stage. Now, don't, don't let that discourage you get out there and get involved and, and compete, but, uh, learn to hunt turkeys. Learn, and, and my dad taught me how to hunt turkeys, um, the proper way. My dad was a law abider, a conservationist. He was a big game hunter, um, member, original member of the National Wild Turkey Federation, charter member of the National wow. Wild Turkey Federation. The first year the Federation formed, Tom Rogers was still president. So this has been embedded in my life. Um, but he was that guy that if three turkeys came up and all their heads lined up, he would not Mm -hmm. pull the trigger. He'd wait for them to separate and shoot his one, go tag it. And he was done that, that, Mm -hmm. that's my dad. Um, you never hunted out of season, never hunted beyond what tag he had. He was a true Mm -hmm. conservationist. Um, and that's the way he taught my brother and I, um, but the second guy that I that influenced me was a guy by the name of Eddie Moyers. My dad, by the way, is uh, Joe. His, everybody knew him as Joe Stoltz. Um, his real first name was Francis, Francis J. Uh, so dad taught me how to hunt turkeys. Another friend of mine, a friend of his, actually, that I kind of, that t- he took me under my wing, especially when he heard me call, because him and I, he felt like as if I called with his hunting skills, we could kill a lot of turkeys together. And he was right. So his name was Eddie Moyers. And unfortunately, Eddie passed away just just uh, less than two years ago, unfortunately. He was my turkey hunting bud for life. I mean, him and I um, joined at the hip during turkey season. But Eddie taught me how to kill turkeys. And the reason why I say that is Eddie was that southeast Missouri uh, guy that was hunting turkeys with his dad, uh, back 
uh, I hate to say it, but before they ever had a Missouri mm-hmm. turkey season, they had turkeys, but they would go out and get a get a bird for Thanksgiving to mm-hmm. feed the family, you know. So I don't have a problem with people living off the land, so you know. Um, but you're talking back in the 40s, mm-hmm. you know, and 50s. Um, but uh, his dad taught him how to kill turkeys, how to go find them and kill them. And Eddie took me under his wing. And what I always said about Eddie is he knew what a turkey wanted to do before the turkey wanted knew what mm-hmm. it wanted to do. Um, so it was, it was really cool. So he would, in my early years with him, he would set up on a turkey and he would listen and he'd hear it, you know, maybe hear some tree calling or hear, hear one spitting and drumming. He'd go, all right, I hear one. So just wait, don't get your call out. You know, don't, don't say anything. Don't do anything. He goes, when I tell you, I want you to give a couple clucks and little soft yelps. Well, I didn't know that what I was doing was, as we now know, was doing a tree call to get them interested to come our our, mm-hmm. our direction. He he knew that that turkey needed to know where we were, but not identify exactly where we were and or overcall them so he would pitch out our direction and make our job a lot easier mm-hmm. calling them in. So just little things like that, Eddie would, would teach me uh, as time went. Um, and like I said, he just... He was amazing at when he'd hear turkeys gobble. He knew he knew the country we hunted in so well. He would hear a turkey gobble on one ridge and one point, and know where what other point and ridge later on that morning that turkey was going to end up. And he'd go, he'd go, that turkey, that turkey there is going to end up on the, at the end of Red Sea Holler later this morning. Let's let's go get set up over there. And I'd think, well, wait a minute. He's gobbling there. Let's go to him. Let's go straight to that turkey. No, 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 no. We went to the end of Red Sea Holler, and guess who showed oh, up? Oh, later? Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That same turkey. Oh, Tom, show up. He knew. Yeah. He knew. So that's that's how I learned my turkey killing mm-hmm. skills. My dad taught me the proper way to hunt. And by the way, I reformed Eddie from the get go <laughs> because I would not tolerate. I would not tolerate. I would not tolerate the extra killing and 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 so forth. And uh, I, I flat told him, I said, if you're going to hunt with me, it's going to be tagged, going to be checked in. He said, yeah. fair enough. And from that day forward, that's 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 the way so, we operated. So, so, so in the infamous words of Ocus Strickland, he was one of the original turkey thugs. He was one of the original turkey stars of this world no question wasn't a poacher he wasn't a a, he didn't break any laws he just knew how to kill turkeys and he he took a lot of people and killed a lot of turkeys uh one year he took this is a true story 14 days in a row in the state in missouri he took people family members friends of his kids friends of his himself 14 days in a row he killed uh not he killed, but uh, he was in on a turkey kill, including wow. his own. Fourteen days in a row. Wow! I don't know anybody no, that's ever that's, done that. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's some fourteen straight kills, fourteen straight different hunts, fourteen straight days. I Man, it's it's people, it's people like that, Steve, <clears throat> and just like yourself, it's people like that. No matter how old you get, no matter how much you think you know, sitting in the woods with somebody like that for a day. You 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 will learn something. You learn. Everybody can always learn stuff from people like that. 
So many times people ask me, what do I do to be a better turkey hunter? What tape do I watch? What podcast do I listen to? What uh, uh, back in the day, what television show or video do I rent back in those days? And what I've always said is, don't be afraid to look at that stuff and listen to that stuff, even like this podcast right here. But the best tool you can use and the best advice that I can give is get with somebody that knows how mm -hmm. to kill turkeys. Because one or two days in the woods with them will save you five years of bumbling around the mm -hmm. woods yourself. Yep. Yep. And 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 I like I said, I've turkey hunted for, I guess I'm 46 now, probably I started when I was 14 or 15, 30, 32 years. I always, every time I go in the woods, you know, learn stuff, even when I'm by myself, you know, even when I'm by myself, a tur there's, a, there's nothing more that'll humble you quicker in this world than an old long beard. You think you've, you think oh, you've got no, it figured I out. And I'll tell you what, he'll humble you. Now <clears throat> we know who your big influence was uh, that got you into hunting your father and Eddie. Steve, tell us, I'd like to know who your biggest influence in the calling world was who got you really basically took you under their wing or really you started traveling with and thought hey and and you and him were two peas in a pot or who was your basically your mentor in the calling world well i'd say in the calling world started with ray i no question uh hall of famer now ray i um ray saw an ability in me um and I'm not going to lie to you, Ray was making a name from himself at that time. He was becoming a big star in the industry. Um, so to share some of that uh, was was very rare for somebody to do. So thank thank you, Ray I, for for allowing me to share some of of your uh, 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 expertise uh, because just hanging around with Ray and traveling with Ray uh, gave mm -hmm. you credibility. Um, and Ray would call me and say, Steve, uh, I'm getting ready to go down to, through Arkansas to Mississippi to Alabama. I'm going on a whistle stop contest tour. And we're going to hit about three or four different turkey calling contests in one trip. If you, if you can get off work and by them, uh, at that time I was a firefighter, uh, very early in my career. He said, if you can get off next week, you're welcome to ride with me. And boy, I made some phone calls and I would make the arrangements and I'd get off and I'd hop in the car with Ray I and Terry Phillips, Preston oh, wow. Pittman. So at what point did you uh, realize Dr. who Ray I was? I mean, because he's the one you tapped on his shoulder. And then when did this whole thing happen? When did you guys like actually make the a relationship? Minute the minute I heard him call, okay. Ray I has a unique ability to sound. His yelp is so real. The minute I heard him yelping that day, that's why I went and tapped him on the shoulder. I I felt I to my ear he was the best sounding caller I heard, so I went right to him. So the minute I heard him call, I knew he was a star. I knew there was something about him that was different than most of the other turkey hunters and, and callers. I just knew it. Do you it feel was like he saw instinct. something in you well, that day as well? And then that's how well, I don't, you kind of developed a relationship. I, I, the, I think I did surprise him how quick I did the <laughs> yeah. Kiki run, but absolutely he had to have, because from then on, 
we start talking and calling each other and he'd invite me down to go hunt and he'd invite me to go to contests. And when he started a call company, he invited me, of course, Ozark Mountain Game Calls. So there was a lot there that, uh, yeah, he saw in me. Yeah. And I'm not saying we didn't have sometimes our arguments because I was young, <laughs> uh, a young kid that wanted to make a name for myself too. And I'm, I'm sure that, uh, rubbed some people the wrong way, including maybe him sometimes I'm sure. Uh, but we came became like brothers, and uh, you know we, we've loved we we've loved each other. I mean we've we've been friends ever since. Um, and his brother Marty as well. Marty Marty nobody knows this. A lot of people don't know it, but Marty was a phenomenal turkey caller, a competition caller, placed in the world championship. I think Marty won uh, several major uh, big calling championships uh, locally. Uh, Ray I himself won the Levi Garrett All American Open, which at the time was the biggest money winning money championship back in that day. Uh, I think five thousand dollars or maybe more. Uh, he won in that championship. Um, so uh, the the I family was uh, an icon of turkey family uh, back then. So um, very blessed that uh, they kind of took me along. And when when you're with when you're around that constantly, you're riding in the car, you're at hotels, you're practicing at in the hallways and, and with these people, you naturally get mm -hmm. better, okay? Because if you don't, you might as well right. get out of it. If you can't get better, if you can't get better around people like that, then it might you might not be coming <laughs> out for now, it. Now, would you, know? you say? Now, would you say uh, it'd be correct? Um, if I said that you call up, you call up to your competition. Yeah, absolutely. So, so then as it went forward, uh, Keith Wallach, good friend of mine, Keith Wallach, we became good friends from that first calling contest. Keith was there in 79 and him and I, at the same time that I met Ray, Keith and I start, uh, talking and, and, and conversing and, and, and Keith was a phenomenal caller. I thought Keith was a special caller and he turned out to be within just a few years, he placed in the top five in the grand national championships before, before I even did, which was, you know, I, I was in awe of Keith, of Keith's calling ability. So Keith was a big influence on my calling. Keith was always that guy would hear me call and hear something and go, mm -mm -mm, that ain't going to get it, buddy. You know, and I think I was doing good and he would be honest, Great. you know, and <laughs> back then some, some callers aren't honest, aren't, are, you know, weren't so honest. Uh, then as time went, um, uh, certainly Walter Parrott, uh, uh, not that Walter and I really bummed around together, but I would say we became, uh, uh, uh turkey calling buddies as far as mutual respect. Uh, uh, I had, I was in awe of his calling talents and ability. And he was, in my opinion, a stratosphere above what I could do. Um, but he always had, he always liked my calling and, and, and felt that I was, a a, 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 a pretty stiff competition, I should say, and invited me in fact, uh, uh, several times to his home there in Doe Run, Missouri, back in the early years, I, uh, had fried turkey breasts with Walter several times at his house would stop by, kill a turkey somewhere and stop by and we'd take pictures with the turkeys, you know. Uh, so, yeah, Walter Parrott, big, big influence. Walter Parrott definitely probably uh, created the, uh, uh, I'd say Walter Parrott made me become a very top level caller because if you couldn't compete with him, 
you you weren't going to. I mean, he was the icon of turkey calling. I've for got a long I've time. got. So I'm glad you brought his name up. <clears throat> I want you to tell our listeners when you and Walter were sitting over dinner. What Walter? I don't know if you remember this conversation or not with Walter. What he said about your Yelp at dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember where it was. It was at the Cascades uh, restaurant, and um, uh, we, we were talking about me climbing back in it now in, in modern day, um, which I have. Uh, I'm very blessed. I wor- worked very hard to get back in it. That's just a basically almost a whole nother bot- podcast. But Walter said to me, uh, we were talking about um, uh, winning and placing, and, and I, I asked him, I said, Walter, what? Uh, when we were tied in a world championship, I had I had to actually beat him in a call off, which I very seldom ever beat him. Mm-hmm. Period, much less in a call off. But at that world championship, him and I were tied for first. We didn't know we were tied for first, but I figure it was Walter Parrott, so I'm probably it's probably first place. So I went out and called. As you know, I just gave it. I gave it everything that I could give it, uh, and won won that championship. And I asked Walter. I said. What what is the difference between your your five grand national championships and me winning that that championship? Because uh, you could have very easily won that. He goes, luck, L- luck. It, he he said, Steve. He and this was the big. This, here came here came the biggest compliment in my calling career from anybody. He said, Steve, you know, you had that same ability, you had that same talent. He said. I would hear you call in a calling contest. And when you were done calling, I'd say to everybody, that man right there is going to own the turkey calling world. He is going to win everything he calls in eventually if he keeps calling like that. And then he said, I'd go to the next calling contest and hear you call and you sounded completely <laughs> different. And you know, what what did you do? What, what in the world did you change? And... That was me trying to try get an edge over everybody else because maybe I didn't win that week. Maybe I was second or third. I wanted to make a different cut or different stretch in a call and yelp different different style, and I would sound terrible. And uh, and, and and Walter would just scratch his head. He said I was the best. Most inconsistent caller he'd ever heard in his life. <laughs> that was funny. I heard that. I just, I just laughed. I was like, the best, most inconsistent caller and, he's ever heard. Yeah, absolutely. A true story. And Walt and Walter, of course, was the stellar, uh, the, the model of consistency. He was a machine when it come to turkey calling. Walter showed up for one reason and one reason only, to win. There was no second to, for Walter Parrott. And so Walter felt like if he just called always steady, good, good, real turkey and and clean and good and solid every time he, he'd end up on top. Most and time most did. times he did. So, so fast forward to, of course, to Mark Drury. I met Mark Drury. Um, I, I, in turkey calling, I've been so blessed to run into so many great people. Um, and in 1985, I ran into a guy by the name of Mark Allen Drury. And a lot of you are, you know, Mark Drury from, you know, the, the, the Mark Drury. Uh, but I heard him call in that contest that day. And 
I felt like he should have made the top eight. Back then, they took the top eight, not the top 12, our top 10. It was a top eight. And it was a Missouri State championship. I heard him call, thought he should have made the cut, but he didn't. He was he might have been barely out of it. I don't know, but I thought he called mm -hmm. great. Didn't know Mark from Adam and saw him in the hallway, passing him in the hall at this convention. Didn't know him from Adam. He had a group of people with him. I had a group of people with me. And I stopped right as we were passing his group and stuck my hand out, shook his hand. I said, I don't know what your name is. He said, my name's Mark Drury. I said, well, Mark Drury, you should have been in that finals. And if you keep calling like you're calling, you're going to be one of, you're going to be a great caller. So don't change anything you did. Just keep doing what you did. And there, then I became great friends with Mark. Yeah, and, that little did I know uh, what yeah, would happen there. Well, so. and the rest is history, as they say. It's, uh, it's awesome. Well, yeah. um, you, I'm going to, of course, get you to, before we get, leave this uh, episode, I think this is going to be a two-part episode. Uh, I could sit and talk for hours. But sure. Before we finish up part one, two things. Um, I, before I grab your call, before you grab your calls, because I, I, want, I want all of our listeners to hear you. But <clears throat> you you was talking to me uh, last week, week before, I don't remember when it was, was talking one conversation. And you said, you know, Josh, you said, I was doing good when I came back and then you said all of a sudden it, it's just kind of like I hit a wall and and you had somebody by the name of Scott Ellis anybody in the call world knows Scott Ellis Scott Scott Ellis come to you and said what happened to your Yelp tell us the little story about getting your Yelp yeah. back yeah well I, I skipped over one part real quick uh Chris Parrish Big influence. Chris and I became good friends and traveled. I don't want to skip over. Chris was tremendous in helping me uh, build calls and compete. But yeah, fast forward to modern day right now. I say modern day, you know, in the 2000s, I met uh, a guy by the name of Scott Ellis. I met Scott Ellis at the U.S. Open in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. I believe it was Nashville, Tennessee. Um And Scott and I just got along real good. Scott was a great up and coming caller. Scott invited me down to turkey hunt down in Florida, of which I did. And it was at that turkey hunt that I heard Scott calling there. And I and I didn't pay attention, to, you know, uh, not being self-centered, but I had a I wanted to win the U.S. Open. So I wasn't paying a lot of attention to other callers. And but on that turkey hunt, I listened to Scott really close. And I thought I thought his yelping and the stuff he was doing was so real, so turkey. I just knew he had the ability to win a grand national championship. And I told him when we were done with that hunt, I, uh, and we killed, we killed a couple of Osceola's, but we were done with that hunt. I said, dude, you, you got a grand national championship waiting for you. You, know, you keep calling like you called on this hunt. I, I was amazed at the sounds mm -hmm. I was hearing. And, uh, you know, Scott kind of turned very honest. So, you know, fast forward, become good friends. We talk. And and now I'm not making cuts. I'm not scoring. I'm not doing any good at calling contests. And Scott loved a lot of my calling. Okay. Scott loved my cutting. He loved my cluck and purr. He loved my kiki. There's a lot of things about my calling. Scott said, told me, is as good as anybody's doing in this industry. But he goes, what happened to your <laughs> yell? <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess I threw it in the trash or... Put it in the toilet and flush it down. I, I don't know. 
my Yelp had gone south. I can't tell. I couldn't put. I couldn't pick up a call right now, and and do what I was doing with that call. But it was killing turkeys. Okay, so, so I guess the better way to describe it, it was kind of more all mm-hmm. back end and no pretty front end or mm-hmm. turnover. It was kind of all just back end. What I mean by back end, mostly rasp, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of rasp, but not all. Just and and he said he said always said this that my body of my call was always good. The body of the Yelp was good. The 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 sound quality and body of that back end was good. If I could just incorporate the rest of that Yelp. Um, so yeah, that's that was that's a true story, and that was the start of my comeback. Of being able to now make uh, two out of the last three, or two out of the last four, anyway, uh, finals wow. in the Grand Nationals this well, last few well, years. That's awesome! And congratulations! And and not a lot of people says this, uh, but I'm glad you got your Yelp back. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm glad you got your Yelp. Well, back, I always Steve. did. I, yeah, I always I got my Yelp back, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to Yelp, but. That's how I got it back, and Scott worked with me on it. I went to a lot looser call, very uh, uh, looser stretch, and uh, we found that by going, what Scott realized, Scott's a master call builder, and he's, if there's ever um, uh, an Olympics, if the turkey calling ever makes it to Olympics, which we know it won't, but if it ever would, Scott should be the Olympic coach. There's no question. And Scott said, uh, I think back when you had a great Yelp, uh, you, you probably built your own calls. And a lot of times I did, or I had somebody build them. And he said, I'll bet back then you built a lot uh, looser side tension on a call than than modern day. Because a lot of modern day calls are stretched at 120, 130, 140, 150, mm-hmm. 160, sometimes even over 200. Um, and he said, so I'm going to, you know, when I went down and spent that time with him, and I, I did I tell you a story about you did, the single yeah. read? Uh, no, I don't know about single read. You're just, just telling me about spending time at his house, but I don't know if you said, well, yes, yes. He said, I want you to learn to yelp on this single read once you get on it. Yeah, go ahead and tell us that. At, so you, you'll be amazed at, at, at how Scott got me to, to find my yelp back. And it was, it was the hardest thing that I've ever done in turkey calling. He told me, he told me to build a couple single read calls, maybe a couple, maybe a four thousand single read and a three thousand single read. And he, he said, stretch it, normal stretch, whatever you normal stretch. He said, and learn to yelp good on those calls again. Learn, learn to call good on those calls. I said, what are you talking about? He said, if he said, if you learn to yelp on that single read call. I can help you get your Yelp back again. I said, I'm, at first I couldn't understand really what he meant, but I just went with it. I did it. So at work, the fire station, I started practicing with that single recall. I put all my calls, old calls, put them, I didn't throw them in the trash, but I certainly stored them away out of reach. Didn't touch them. Just practice with the single recall. I did this for months. And months and many times quit doing it. I'm like, this is, I'm, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it sounds like, sounds like crap, you know? So, um, I, I, I finally, one day I was in there 
and I got myself back to practice and I'd, I'd hit, I'd hit uh, peaks and valleys with it. I was in there and I was yelping and I was clucking and purring and doing all the stuff with a single read. And all of a sudden I realized, Steve, you're doing it. So I got my cell phone out. I recorded some yelping, some kiki, some cutting, and I and a little video clip and I sent it to him. He, I, the phone rang within minutes of sending that video. It was Scott. He said, you book your plane ticket. You're ready for me to help you. All Scott wanted me to do is learn the mechanics of the rollover Yelp. Once again, the rollover Yelp. That's what was missing out of my Yelp. And I was doing all flat tongue back end Yelp. He Mr. Miyagi. And you. so I, I, he Mr. Miyagi you. <laughs> he did. He did. So he, so that's when I, of course, I'm gonna put the call in my mouth and got that. You hear mm -hmm. that front end turnover yep, and yep. pretty back end. Yep. That's all it was. It was simple as that. So when I got on a stage in 2018, the Grand Nationals, instead of yelping all back end, which might have sounded more like, I changed it to. Boom. My Yelp now. Screwed. There you go. So Steve, Steve was back in business because I could do everything else. <laughs> Matt. Matt Van Size told me a few years ago at a world championship, this would actually have been more than about five years ago. Matt said, Steve, if you ever find your Yelp again, stick with that sound because all your other core sounds are fine and keep, just stay with that sound. Like Walter Parrott mentioned, just stay with it. And he goes, your scores will eventually start to rise. And Matt Van Size was what, on what? money. Now, what he does Matt Van Sice know about turkey calling? <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, Steve. Well, well I tell you, for a man that has won multiple world championships and, and Grand National Calling Contests, to have to be able to set his ego aside and humble himself, to have Scott Ellis come up and say, "This is what you need to do," and for you to do it and it worked, man, my hats off to you because most, I mean. <laughs> You, you, he didn't teach you. He didn't teach an old dog a new trick. He basically brought you back to what you already mm -hmm. knew. And it's awesome. When you told me that, I was telling Leslie about that. As soon as we got off the phone that day and you told me that story, I told Leslie, I said, listen, I said, you know, he went to Scott Ellis' house in Florida and allowed him, you know, to, to, to help him bring that yelp back. And man, that just says a lot for you as a person. I mean, it, and a true love for like the competition. Oh yeah. You knew you what you had I mean, to do to that's do what it. it's about. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, well, I appreciate it. I wanted, I, I was, a. I started being asked obviously to judge. I've always been asked to judge. I've been very blessed. Uh, so as I was not making cuts and then eventually not even competing in a grand, I, I didn't even en enter for quite a few years. Um, uh, I started asked, being asked to judge like the, fi you know, the, the finals of the grand nationals. And, <laughs> and I did, and I, I just happened to be on a panel of just, I was selected for the panel of judges to, 
be the first ones to watch the caller's call in the scenario format. Not not a scenario format, I'm sorry, but first ones to actually sit and watch, face the caller's call, and then give a critique mm -hmm. afterwards. I was in that first panel of judges ever did that. And I listened to everybody and be honest with you, I, it, that just, I was like, this is such a cool concept. Whether it continues that the judges watch the callers or not didn't make me any difference. I wanted to get back on that stage and have a Harold Knight or a Matt Van Size or a Walter Parrott or a Chris Parrish. I wanted, I wanted those icons in the industry to critique my calling before I, before I retire. Well, well that's awesome. <laughs> so, so let, let me ask you this, Steve. Um, when you, when you're on stage in competition, do you use the same mouth call for every call or do you switch calls during, during different I switch how, calls. How many no, calls have you calls. got in front of you? Have you got all your calls that you do your sequences with in front of you? I don't, I don't. Uh, we probably pr should do that on a different, uh, you know, the yes. part two of this, we probably should dive more into, why I build a call and for particular calls. Now you don't have to do this for hunting because cluck and purr is a great example. This, this is a cluck and purr on, on a Yelper. It's not the cluck and purr that I can give. It's a little flat. Okay. It's Turkey. It's pretty, but I use a all prophylactic call, uh, light stretch, and in a in a bat wing cut, this is a combo cut. This is my uh, modified cutter cut. Um, so it's my design cut. But I use a little, you know, a different call for a cluck and purr. If you hear my real my my go to cluck and purr call for competition, you would probably agree it's. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm I, 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 to me to my ear, and I hear a lot have a lot of people tell me it's as close to a real turkey purr as they they yeah, they, they yes. heard, you know, and. That's yeah. what I'm wanting to do. Now, I when you to, use your uh, that call that you do your cluck and purr with, do you use the same call to do your tree tree yelping with tree calls with? Pretty much, pretty much. I didn't at one time, but for tree call is 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 a call. Scott Ellis again worked with me on that. But all it is, it's uh, a tree call is 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 a is is a key key yelp. So key key. And just yelp with it. That's nice. <laughs> you, you see, uh, it's a little high pitched, but that's all a tree mm -hmm. call is. It's it's just basically you're doing it what I call key key yelp. You're flat tonguing it, and you're 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 not putting that big. Right, double right, note yep. in there yep. if that makes sense just... sometimes you can get a little more aggressive with it yep break it up because real yep. turkeys do that. well uh steve i don't we've already been on here 56 minutes i know like i said we've uh we've told everybody this can be a we knew before series. this started that yes. we could turn this into like a three-hour thing super easily yes <laughs> <laughs> but listen steve i just want to like i said i just think it's so awesome and this tells the kind of guy you are by letting scott do what he done with you and, and you making your comeback and you're calling as good now as you ever have um i know you'll agree with me the competition's as good as it's ever been 
And, you know, it's, uh, I look for Scott Stoltz the next couple of years to get that grand national senior division. Uh, I want him to, it's, uh, I look forward to it. I, 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 I think Scott will do it. I, I he's just got to keep at it. Uh, he gets a little frustrated. Uh, uh, I can't blame him. I get frustrated as well. Uh, but I think if he just keeps being consistent and putting good turkey sounds out there, he keeps making the cut. I mean, he 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 he's only missed like maybe one cut in the last fifteen years. So he'll keep making cuts, and uh, he'll get his Grand National win, no question. I'd like. Well, to be well right I was just starting to say, I hope I hope you get yours before Scott. Yeah. Scott's a little younger than you are, so Scott, man, Scott and I are the same age, but. I want you to get yours first. And as a matter of fact, you cleaned that up for me. I said, Scott, I was meaning you. I, I was trying to say, I hope, you know, I know Steve's going to get his in the next three years, but I said, Scott, on accident, and you cleaned that up for me. So thank you for that, too. But yes, I, I know. Well, you're exactly right. I'm a little bit more. I'm on a little more of a timeline. I'm eventually going to going to uh, uh, stop competing. I, 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 I hate to say that, but. Um, as long as my scores are coming out and I'm getting these great scores like this past year at Nashville, I was only four points from the cut. Um, and in the uh, team championship, the, the, the friction air team championship, I mean, my scores were right there with all the mm -hmm. top callers. Um, and, and we and we took third. So I actually uh, placed in a top three of a Grand National Championship at 61 yes. years old. And I don't know if anybody's ever done and that. I've and I've got it on think. film. I did film that. I did mm -hmm. film the team calling championship. Yep. That's awesome. I'd like to, when I come we'll down, go. I want to we'll see definitely that. Sit down. I'll let we'll you get, it. maybe edit it for me and put a little <laughs> intro and, and we'll put it out on YouTube for everybody to see. But, but yeah, I definitely am on a little bit more of a timeline, uh, Josh, because um, uh, I'm getting some, I, I want to, I want to eventually just go and enjoy the convention and, not compete i'm enjoying mm -hmm. it now though uh i i'm 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 having let me just say this uh rephrase it i should say i'm having fun with getting back into being a top top mm -hmm. level caller um and when you, and like i said when your scores come out and you're looking at your jesse martins of the world and your your uh matt van sices and your dave owens and scott ellis's uh uh josh grossenbacher certainly you know um, I've, met, I've named probably some of the top, top callers right now. Um, and there's some good up and comers, you know, your Jared Lowe's of the world, your Wayne Dozier's, uh, Craig Wolf. I mean, I can just go on and on. If I forget anybody's name, I apologize. But uh, these guys are superstars. And to get when the scores come out and, and have scores that same scores mm -hmm. these guys are getting, why wouldn't why wouldn't mm -hmm. I stay yep, in for a little while longer? I mean, yep. why not? I mean, it, it, age makes no difference when it comes to if you make right. it sound yeah. like do a you, do you, do One last question. Do you still get butterflies when you walk up on stage? Uh, I, you know what? I don't think so. I, I get worse. My worst. I, 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 let me rephrase that. Most of the time, no. But there are times I must because... I'll do things up there that later on I'll I'll go. Where'd that come from? What what were you doing? What were you thinking? And obviously I was nervous. Obviously it was born from nerves. So the problem with being a top caller um, is you're expected to perform. 
Okay. Uh, Jesse Martin said it the best. And by the way, I, I want to give accolades to Jesse Martin as well. He's been a good calling friend for years. I have all the respect of what a talented turkey caller he is. Uh, clearly the best or one of the best that's ever got on a stage. Um, but Jesse also, by the way, not only Scott Ellis helped me, Jesse is the one that actually pointed out and sent me. Now, this is this is a fellow competitor, <laughs> okay? An unselfish, an unselfish move, fellow competitor recorded me yelping on an old jury tape. True story. In early the early jury years. He recorded me yelping on his phone and, and sent that yelp, same yelp you just heard. He sent that yelp to me and, and, and underneath in the, the caption said, why do you not go back to yelping like wow. this? That was Jesse Martin. And this is before I made wow. the comeback. Yes. So Je Jesse, Jesse was the one that actually called my attention to what I needed to do, which was get back to that same yelp. I didn't need to reinvent the wheel. I didn't need to find a different sounding hen. I didn't need to sound like Matt Van Sice or Paul Butsky. I needed to get back to what Steve Stoltz was doing when I used to win. Yeah. I, Does that I, make I sense? Because yeah. it was perfect. Well, Jesse Martin, hey, yeah. Steve, Jesse Martin knew that uh, you was as old as four or five callers put together up on stage. And, you know, you, yeah. <laughs> you, 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 he knew that you knew what you was doing. Just get back to it. <laughs> yeah, I just needed a little guidance. And, of course, then obviously Scott Ellis was the, the big factor. And let me tell you, talk about a leap of faith. Go buy a plane ticket, mm -hmm. round trip, just to spend a weekend doing nothing but working on fixing mm -hmm. your Yelp. And that's what I did. My wife thought I was nuts. She goes, you're going you're gonna to buy a plane ticket, go down there and practice calling, which she felt like I was done. You know, I needed to just kind of ride off in the sunset and enjoy, enjoy life, you know. And no, I wanted to get back in it. I wanted to see that goal through. And so here, here well, we I are tell you, today. Steve, I, I tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one bit of advice, and it's been passed to me down through the years and years. Um, I tell you, when you need to stop calling is when you stop enjoying doing it. Mm -hmm. When you stop, when you stop exactly. enjoying it like you do now, that's time to hang it up. That's right. And I'm having fun that's with awesome. it now. Uh, next year, I can't tell you whether I will or the next, but right now I'm having fun, and hopefully I'll have a, one or two more Grand National uh, Finals in my in my uh, future and end up on top. Yeah, hey, so, we know it will be. Steve, hey, it's been good having you on this week, Leslie. You got anything you want to say before we get? No, on? just so happy to talk to you, and glad that you took the time to to share your stories with us and give us some insight into the whole calling world. I mean, to me, it's just something that I wasn't familiar with at all, but to go watch a competition was incredibly eye opening and um, just absolutely like instilled a fire in me, honestly. Yeah. And, and to be honest, Dave, this is, she's only been turkey hunting for two years. We've been married two years before then. She was, she worked for Bureau of Land Management out West and hunted big game. But when she got with me, she started turkey hunting. And I tell you the ear this girl's got on her right here. We was at the contest you called at this year at the Grand Nationals in the convention. And we were at the owl hooting competition and a guy got up and hooted and we had already heard 10, 12, 15 hoots. Leslie said, that guy right there will win. 
And he did. He, he was the winner. I was shocked. I was like, but I guess it was just part of my just, I don't know, just impartiality or is whatever. She, I don't she, know. When I heard him, I said, that guy's different and it sounds so real. Yep. And I, I said, that's the one. And then I about fell out of my chair whenever <laughs> I was right about it. Well, I, I believe that was yep. Caleb Payton, yep. I think. Is that correct? Yeah, Caleb is. I think Caleb Payton and Scott Ellis and a few others, uh, Steve Morgenstern. Uh, I don't want to leave anybody out, certainly, but th there, there's a few of them that are so real. Their owl hooting is. I, I, I think they're more real owl than we are real turkey. <laughs> yeah, That's they're, my personal. They're more opinion. real owl than an owl is. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, they were hatched in a nest. <laughs> well, we've got a we've got a no little question. grandbaby that's not even two years old now, and and Josh can say to him, "I hey, said, Lynn, locate, a locate a turkey, and he'll, woo, 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 woo. yeah, <laughs> you know, just his little toddler <laughs> toddler yeah. hoot owl." But yeah, well, we used to always uh, hoot with our boys back in the early. We didn't have we didn't have owl hooters to to use, and we just. Ray I was one of the best at it, by the way, a voice owl hooter. Uh, and he always said, how you learn owl hoot is say, who cooks for you? Who cooks for mm -hmm. you all yep. with your voice? That's oh, what oh, Josh oh, tells me. Oh, oh, I've always, I've always, I've never used an owl call. I've always hooted with my voice. I've always been a, I've always been a yep. voice hooter. Now, a lot of times I've, I don't know if it's a secret or not, but I wear a fleece a lot of times turkey hunting and I'll howl into my neck. I'll howl into the collar on it to get it deep. Oh yeah. Really? And I, I mean, everybody says, dude, you sound just like an owl. So he does a good job. Yeah, yeah, just like, like you know, that's, that's right. That's, that's, that's right. Uh, get your neck into but, it. Too. Yeah. You gotta get your neck into it. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick. Uh, I, I skipped over uh, in all the years the influence that uh, Mossy Oak and being good friends, becoming good friends with Toxie Hayes and Cuz Strickland and back in the day, Carsey Young and all the early uh, Bob Dixon uh, would be remiss to not mention Bob in 1985. No, I'm, no, I'm sorry, 1986. Uh, I made my first finals in the Grand Nationals. That's the year I made my first cut. And I and 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 then I was tied for fifth place in the Grand National Senior Division with none other than Mr. Wow. Bob Dixon. And Bob and I called off. Bob and I called off for fifth place, and Bob beat me in the tie. And so Bob was fifth. I was sixth. Didn't get a trophy. Bob came up to me afterwards and said, "Son, I might have the trophy, but you called phenomenal." Uh, that showed the champion in Bob Dixon. Bob won that championship. He won that. That's that's the only top five he did. Uh, he he uh, uh, took in the Grand Nationals. Uh, his top five. Uh, his shining moment in turkey calling, you should say, uh, because he deserved it. And I to this day, I've I've never been so glad that I lost the call off <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, I, I really truly because because Bob was such a wonderful true champion uh, not only of a person of a father of a of a of a of a member of mossy oak uh but of this industry uh, what, a, what and and we we can't never forget the people uh that that have paved the way for us to 
to do what we're doing. Anytime you hear Toxie or or Cuz or Will Primos give accolades to any, and Will Primos is, you know, not he might not be in the Colin world, but everybody in the turkey world looks at Will Primos. He put they put him up here because of what he done for turkey hunting. But anytime you hear him Toxie or Cuz give accolades to any hunter, Bob Dixon always comes up. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And should. And and yeah. and rightfully so. So, uh, bless his heart. Um, but yeah, I, I you know I'm, I'm sure I missed skipped over a, a lot of different uh, uh, thing items. By the way, if anybody wants to see some of my latest hunts, uh, go to, get on Deercast. I'm I'm, I'm going to use that as a plug right now. Absolutely. Go to go to Drury Outdoors Deercast. It is a tremendous tool to learn to see hunts to keep up to keep up with the weather weather direction. Yeah, sure, it costs a month or per year or whatever, but it is the best money you will spend. And uh, plus you get to see my, uh, all we'll my be stuff. Watching. There you go. I mean, why, there why you go. Hey, you know, without further, <laughs> or without going any further, Steve, we're going to bring you back for a part two, but we really, really have enjoyed part one. Hope all the listeners mm-hmm. has enjoyed part one. Uh, also everybody, as we said in the intro, go check out the KT team. Steve Stoltz will tell you about the KT team. All of our proceeds that we're going to raise over the next three months through our patronship uh, here on the podcast is going to the KT team. So go check it out at patreon.com forward slash wing addiction. And all through April, May, and June, all of our money from our patron account is going to go benefit the KT team, which is, Steve will tell you, is one of the best things going right now. Great cause. Great cause. Carrie Terrell and, and all Jason Beard and all that group do, do a phenomenal job. God love them. And uh, any support you can give them is uh, All right. Hey, thanks, Steve. We'll bring you back for part two. But until then, God bless everybody. And we'll see you next week.